for White Spot Giants this week. Back come the Giants across the line. Kosh, left wing, looks, waves, finds a man. Benson scores! In he comes! Stop by David Tendick! He kept it out! Oh, mercy, what a save by Tendick! Up the middle comes Byram, right side, running at the circle, scores! Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Good evening and welcome to White Spot Giants this week. The home of Vancouver hockey, the home of the Giants is Sportsnet 650. And as the month of April arrives, the Vancouver Giants with two weeks left in their regular season and the playoff race has intensified. We'll dive into the standings, give you an update a little later on in the show. Coming up in segment number two as well, going to replay a segment of a conversation that took place this past weekend with Vancouver Giants goaltending coach Paul Fricker. Really looking forward to sharing the conversation with you uh, that took place with Paul prior to the game on Saturday. We are going to dive knee-deep into the goaltending of the Vancouver Giants with Paul Fricker in segment number two. But before we get there, in segment number one, I am fired up for this conversation. Uh, I am joined on the line right now by a fellow who played 95 career games in the Western Hockey League with the Vancouver Giants. 10 years as well with Kootenai, Saskatoon, and Medicine Hat. And then after that, took advantage of his WHL scholarship and just finished a whirlwind first season with the UBC Thunderbirds hockey team. Uh, from Toronto, as he waits for his flight home, I am stoked to welcome former Vancouver Giants forward Kyle McNabb to Giants this week. Nabber, it has been too long, my friend. Really good to hear your voice. How are you, pal? I'm doing well. Great to hear from you as well, Dan. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've heard from you or seen you, and it's it's awesome to to reconnect. Really nice to reconnect, and there's so many different places that we can go with this conversation, and I promise you we will hit on all of those things over the course of the next little bit together. Um, let's just start, though, with the immediacy of, of your situation. The UBC Thunderbirds head out east to Halifax to play for the Youth Sports Men's Hockey Championship, a terrific season for the Thunderbirds, your first go at youth sports. Tell me about this season and obviously not the ending that you would have wanted, but uh, I know you and your teammates are holding your your heads high. Um, what can you sort of tell us about the last couple of days and, and really how it all sort of culminated with a, uh, a double overtime game that uh, unfortunately did not go your way? Yeah, it was uh, it was a great experience. I mean, people play their whole careers and, and never get to go to Halifax or Nationals for the U Sport Championship. And um, yeah, I'm super lucky to have that in my first year. It was a great year. We had a we had a great group of guys. It was unfortunate we lost to UQTR that first game in double overtime, but um, you know they went on to win the tournament, and it just showed us how close we are. But overall, it was a great experience. So. I, I mean, you, you sort of touched on it. Um, the UQTR, they, they go on and they beat the U of A in the final in, in sort of a thrilling game. But, um, 
you know, just your season as a whole, Kyle, I mean, you you have a really good season statistically. You get six goals in 16 games. You score a huge goal in the quarterfinal game or in the game yourself. Um, so just tell me a little bit about the transition to youth sports hockey. Um, what sort of worked well for you individually, and what was it about the makeup of the team that maybe just enabled you all to enjoy yourselves the way that you did? Yeah, no, to be honest, um, I wasn't completely sure what to expect making the transition from the Western League to to UBC and going to school. It's it's much more responsibility when you have to balance school and hockey at the same time. I know in the Western League you don't have to do too much of that, but um, no, I'm a guy that really enjoys school, so I was really excited for that transition, and we had an excellent year. We had um, we had that COVID year, which, which kind of put me out of play for for just over a year so I had a lot of time to develop and I thought that was the chance for this year and hopefully I can keep that going throughout my next three years and and next time we go to the Nationals we'll bring the banner back so I'm excited for that. Kyle McNabb is my guest. He is a former Vancouver Giant, now finished uh, with his first season with UBC as far as actual games being played. Um, I just want to stick with the the scholarship program and youth sports for a few more, Kyle, and then we'll take the conversation in a a different direction. Um, When you sign, when you're playing in the WHL at 17, 18, 19, I'm sure school and university is probably the furthest thing from your mind. But the fact that you've got the scholarship, the fact that you've got your books, your tuition, and a lot of this stuff taken care of for you, um, do you have any message sort of about the WHL scholarship program, sort of an open-ended opportunity for you to just speak to the privilege that it presents to you and, and maybe the incentive that you didn't necessarily think a ton about early on, but now you're taking full advantage of? Yeah, it really is the best of both worlds. I mean, like you said, coming into the Western League when I was 16, 17, um, school was the last thing on my on my mind at that point. But you know, as time went on and you, you realize what what's the next step and how fortunate we are to have that that opportunity to fall back on is is huge and it's unbelievable that the Western League is able to provide that for us. And, and I'm super fortunate to have that and be in this position where I can take advantage of it. You're a Winnipeg guy, and yet here you are at the University of British Columbia. What was it about UBC? What was the sales pitch? What were the determining factors that kept you out in this neck of the woods? Or or maybe better put, Kyle, what brought you back? Yeah, coming here into Vancouver when I was 16, I wasn't that young, and I honestly haven't been to Vancouver previous to that. But once I got out here, it was was even. And from that moment on, I I was interested in coming back to Vancouver. Luckily, I talked to Stanford, UBC in my last few years in the Western League, and it was able to work out. For me, it was a no-brainer. I would love to come back to Vancouver, and I'm, I'm happy I was able to do that. And, and further to that, Kyle, I mean, I know you're still in touch with a lot of former teammates with Vancouver, and, and no doubt all throughout the WHL, but, you know, the fact that you, you've got... Alex Kanakalipert out here. You've got, you know, uh, I know you and Bowen are still very close uh, and, and a lot of your, your summertime exploits are, are, are still out here. Uh, I can't imagine that hurt the decision either. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've trained with those guys even after I left the Giants and, and we uh, we remain best friends to this day. Coming into the league together, all as young guys, it, it really provides that bonding opportunity and it creates that relationship for life and and having those guys in Vancouver definitely 
definitely was a nice touch to my decision to choose on UBC. Kyle McNabb is my guest. He is with the UBC Thunderbirds, a former Vancouver Giant, 95 career games in a Giants uniform. And, you know, Kyle, let's go back to the very beginning because your first season with the Giants was also my first season with the Giants. Um, what do you remember about that first season, coming to training camp and, and really playing your ass off to make the team? Uh, so much time has passed, and yet so little time has passed since then. What do you remember about year one? Heck, what do you remember about game one with the Vancouver Giants back in 2017-18? Yeah, the funny thing is I still remember that, those first few games like it was yesterday. Um, being someone that was undrafted, I wasn't really sure about that coming in as as a 17-year-old, um, competing against other guys who were drafted. But, you know, I put some time in, and luckily I was able to crack the roster that year. And I remember our first weekend didn't go as planned. We lost to Victoria back-to-back games pretty badly, and, and I didn't know what to expect from there on. But we continued to have a great year. Played with a lot of great players that year who I still remain friends with, like we talked about. And, and yeah, I'm super fortunate for that year. I remember your first goal in the WHL. Uh, you were wearing the Don Cherry jerseys. It was against the Tri-City Americans at the Langley Event Center. What do you remember about goal number one? Yeah, I do remember that. We were wearing those special jerseys, and it was, it was always fun to wear to wear jerseys like that and switch it up. But um, I remember I was playing with James Malm and Braden Watts, and, and Waddy wrapped the puck around, and, and it bounced straight out to me. And luckily, I was able to put it in the net and get the first one out of the way, which was, which was a huge moment for me, and, uh, and I still remember that pretty well. Uh, just a few more questions for Kyle McNabb here on White Spot Giants this week, a former forward with the Vancouver Giants, now with the UBC Thunderbirds in U Sports Men's Hockey. Um, the day you were traded, not uh, not a, a great day in hindsight, obviously, when you're, you're forced to leave the first WHL team that, that you ever knew, Kyle, but... Um, Obviously, it would open up some further doors, uh, a little cameo in Cranbrook before you ultimately go on to Saskatoon, and then you, you finish in Medicine Hat. Um, what do you remember about the day and sort of the emotions involved with, with heading to the Kootenai Ice uh, in and around the trade deadline of 2019? Yeah, I knew, uh, I knew the trade deadline was approaching, and, and that's always a possibility is getting moved right before the deadline, especially when you're around that age of 18 19 with a team that that good and um and yeah i remember digger called me to the office and let me know that i was traded and, and it was super bittersweet just because i i formed so many good relationships in vancouver but i was also getting an opportunity to play a bit more and move on and and i still have nothing to nothing but good things to say about vancouver it's, it's like we said i still keep in touch with a lot of the people and and nothing but good things to say uh, you end up with the Saskatoon Blades that season, and uh, you guys had an absolute hell of a series with the Prince Albert Raiders and, and a very realistic opportunity to, to beat those guys. And, and, I mean, it would have been something if it had worked out the way we had hoped and, and you would have faced the Giants. But, I mean, you, you faced the Raiders team that would ultimately go on to, to win the championship that year against the Giants. Um, how close were the Blades uh, against that Raider team, and, and how confident did you guys feel at any point in that series that maybe it could have gone a different way? Yeah, no, for sure. I was I was super fortunate to go from, from one of the best teams in the league to another, and, and we were super confident going into that series. We had a lot of high-caliber players like Kirby Doc, Ryan Hughes, 
all those guys that were that were huge parts of our team and and that series was a very tight series. It was super close. And I remember talking to the guys in the Giants saying, imagine if this works out like this, that would be pretty awesome. But, but yeah, no, Prince Albert that year was an unbelievable team, as you guys saw in the finals. And, and we were pretty close, but unfortunately it didn't go our way. But, um, but no, it was, uh, it was a great experience, great playoffs that year, and I was happy to be there. I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this, Kyle, because, I mean, so many people and so many relationships and friendships sort of forged along the way. But, but is, there, is there one game or is there one moment or, or one sort of highlight from your tenure with the Vancouver Giants specifically that, that you remember more fondly than maybe anything else? Yeah, I do. Um, my first year when we were playing with Ty Ronning, um, you know, Ty was great to me, Bowen, Alex, Caleb, all those first-year guys coming in. And uh, obviously had an unbelievable season that year. But one thing that sticks out in my mind is when he when he broke the Giants record and, and cracked that um, that milestone and everyone was so happy for him and so excited. And that's something that sticks with me. And, and I remember that like it was yesterday. So now you find yourself at UBC and, you know, sort of enjoying the, the student life and the sports athlete life. Um, let's talk a little bit about the off-ice component of that, Kyle. When, when it comes to the classroom, have you sort of zeroed in on, on, an, on an academic pursuit, uh, a major, if you will? Is there a certain area of schooling that you've really started to focus your attention on? Or are you still keeping an open mind and, and hoping that the, the right pursuit sort of reveals itself in due course? Yeah, no, for sure. I've always been someone that, that really enjoys school, even in high school and and in the WHL, I would take courses just to kind of keep that that option open. But UBC is an unbelievable school, and I'm lucky to have the opportunity to attend it. And I'm my plan is to pursue a degree from Sauter School of Business and Commerce, and my my ideal specialization would be in real estate. So that's that's kind of my plan, and it's and it's unbelievable that we're able to do that while also chasing a pro contract or potentially have the opportunity to move on. So that's kind of what's on my mind right now, and that's what I'm going to keep working for. Uh, what are the Thunderbirds going to look like next season? I mean, I know it's it's you know you're in Toronto, you're hanging out with your teammates, and and you're you're about to sort of make your way back. And I know you're losing some some key personnel from that team, Kyle. But um, just with you and the other returning players, just speak to sort of the optimism, the excitement that you guys feel as you continue that pursuit to bring home a national championship. Yeah, like you said, we are losing some key players this year. We had a, an unbelievable group of fifth-year players that have brought this program a long way and, and took it and built it to what it is right now. And we also have an unbelievable group of younger guys that are able to, to take that over and continue and build on what they on the foundation they set in place. But, um, yeah, we did uh, a lot of recruiting with the COVID year, got a lot of first-year guys that performed really well this year, and we're looking promising and we're super excited for next year and the years to follow. And just in closing, Kyle, I'll, I'll sort of leave leave this uh, with you. I mean, of course, your your time with the Giants, you know, the, the two seasons you were in Vancouver, I know that you were extremely highly thought of by your teammates, certainly by the coaches, the management staff, the broadcaster, uh, you name it. Uh, we, we miss you, buddy, and, and couldn't be happier to see you thriving both as an athlete and as a student. 
please don't be a stranger. Would love to see you around the rink sometime or even meet for lunch in the summer if you're if you're staying out this direction. Say hi to your mom for me, please, and be well. Thank you so much for spending some time on this show and safe travels home. And, and again, one last thing. Congratulations to you and the UBC Thunderbirds on a terrific season. We're very proud of you and the other Giants alumni for your efforts this season. Really, really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, as well. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on the show, and, and it was great to talk to you, Dan. Kyle McNabb on White Spot Giants this week on Sportsnet 650. I love that. I love everything about that. Kyle McNabb, a heart and soul type guy for the UBC Thunderbirds and a heart and soul guy with the Vancouver Giants for his 95 games in the regular season. And I know I've said this before on this show, and I will say it till the day I die. Um, One of the greatest, most underrated pursuits in this whole thing is the WHL scholarship program. And you see these players, you know, you spend time with them, you watch them play. And of course, everybody comes to the Western Hockey League and they've got ambitions of pro hockey, ambitions to play in the NHL, ambitions to, you know, play at Rogers Arena or, you know, Madison Square Garden, you name it. But for so many of them, it just doesn't work out that way. So... What do you do then? Well, the WHL scholarship program steps in. For every year that a player plays in the Western Hockey League, they are given their textbooks, their courses, all paid for. So the financial piece, the stress piece, um, giving these athletes an opportunity to kickstart the next chapter of their lives while still playing an elite level of hockey and You know, even from when I started in the WHL back in 2011 to now, um, U Sports Hockey is is an absolute launch pad into pro hockey for a lot of these players as well. And we've seen it time and time again. And you you think back to, you know, the, the Vancouver Giants team that went to the WHL finals in 2019. And just the players from that group um, who are now playing in U Sports. Well, you've got Jared Dimitru with the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Dylan Plouffe playing for the University of Alberta. Jaden Joseph playing for Trinity Western University. Dawson Holt at the U of S. Owen Hardy at the U of S. Um, Caleb Bullich at Carleton University, Dallas Hines at the U of C, Seth Buffero playing at um, Mount Royal University in Calgary, and, and of course Kyle McNabb, who we just spoke with, is at UBC, and you know, hats off to that UBC Thunderbirds team. Um, you know, I, I've got friends that work there. I've got, you know, of course, former Giants and, and other friends that, that play for that team. And what that program has been able to accomplish with all, all of the WHL alumni getting a chance to go to Nationals out east and getting a chance to, you know, play in a heartbreaking game against the eventual national champions uh, out of Quebec, 
uh, a feather in the cap to the UBC Thunderbirds and Kyle McNabb, who scored the only goal for UBC in that game. You know, a, a guy who, who did not score a ton in junior, but you know what? He talked about that year of practice last year, that year of development in UBC, 16 games with the Thunderbirds this year. He gets 13 points and has a really good playoff for the UBC Thunderbirds, a, a bright hockey future and a bright professional future indeed for Kyle McNabb and the UBC Thunderbirds. Uh, other former Giants on that UBC roster this year, you've got former defenseman Sean Desange on that team, uh, along with Kyle McNabb. The Vancouver Giants... Um, Certainly proud of all of their alumni utilizing the WHL scholarship program. You'll be hearing plenty more from Vancouver Giants alumni over the course of the summer, speaking to their WHL scholarship experiences, and just a great way to kick off the show with Kyle McNabb from the UBC Thunderbirds. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, as promised, we're going to dive in to the standings scenario in the WHL. We are also going to double back and play a conversation for you with goaltending coach Paul Fricker, which took place on Friday before the Giants weekend with the Spokane Chiefs. We are going to bring you up to speed. We are going to tee up what is to come for the Vancouver Giants as the White Spot Giants This Week radio show continues on the home of Vancouver hockey and the home of the Giants, Sportsnet 650. Giants this week. Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to White Spot Giants this week on the home of Vancouver Hockey and home of the Giants. Sportsnet 650. Uh, my name is Dan O'Connor. I'm the voice of the Giants. I'm the host of this show. And a one more time, just have to thank Kyle McNabb, UBC Thunderbirds forward, former Vancouver Giant, for sharing a few moments of his time with us in segment number one of this show. UBC, of course, falling short in the quarterfinals of the U Sports Hockey Championships in Halifax uh, last weekend. But a remarkable season and a tip of the hat to the Thunderbirds and to all of the Vancouver Giants who are utilizing their WHL scholarships. Uh, a little later on, we will give you an updated version of the standings and sort of where the Vancouver Giants sit as far as their playoff pursuits are concerned. But before that, I am going to circle back to a conversation that took place at the start of Saturday's broadcast here on Sportsnet 650. Paul Fricker, a few times a year, I like to talk to the goaltending coach of the Vancouver Giants. Because this fellow is um, certainly one of the most interesting men in hockey, one of the most hardworking men in hockey, and a fellow who has just done wonders with goaltenders in this organization in recent years. You think about, you know, what he's done with David Tendick, with Trent Minor, with Jesper Weichmann, um, where this whole thing is going with Connor Martin, Will Gursky, and the young Matthew Hutchison. A really interesting, 
awesome conversation that took place before Saturday's game against the Spokane Chiefs with Vancouver Giants goaltending coach Paul Fricker right here on White Spot Giants this week on Sportsnet 650. Our guest to kick off the broadcast tonight is a fellow who has uh, done so many impressive things with the goaltenders of the Vancouver Giants in recent years. He is the goaltending coach of said Vancouver Giants. We really appreciate Paul Fricker taking some time to talk goaltending with us to kick off this broadcast and to kick off this weekend. Paul, we appreciate this. We really, truly do. Uh, we've got a lot to hit on in a short amount of time with you. So this weekend, uh, the Spokane Chiefs in town. Just a thought from you about this point of the season. Eight games left for the Vancouver Giants. We all know the, well, we're going to know the realities of the standings in a, in a few moments. But just the significance of this weekend, the excitement and everything that sort of encompasses this weekend for the Vancouver Giants, your thoughts. Uh, thanks, Ned, for having me on. Uh, what do I think about uh, uh, our series? Well, one game at a time. Spokane is, uh, is a good team, getting better. Um, as everybody has seen with us, we've, we've underachieved uh, at times, we're a better team than our record. Um, we are we are coming together. We have our team finally relatively complete. Um, injuries are down, uh, with the exception of Jesper. So, I'm I'm looking forward to a better effort from us. I'm looking forward to a strong effort from Spokane. Eight games left, one at a time. Uh, that would be how I'd respond to your first question. What can you tell us about the status of Jesper Vikman? Uh He's getting closer. Um, he's getting stronger. He's actually really been impressive the last couple weeks off the ice. He's added weight. He's added strength. His attitude has been fantastic. Um, pro attitude for sure. Uh, definitely been noticed by all of us and the higher-ups in his life in the sport. Uh, coming along, uh, we are not rushing him. Uh, it's a lower body injury, and as you know, for the, our position, our legs are, are everything. But um, he'll be back, um, but he'll be back when he's ready. And, and like I said, we're not going to pressure him, and we never would. Uh, but it's getting closer. With him uh, not in the lineup, uh, obviously there's been a bit of a struggle between the two goaltenders, Connor Martin and Will Gersky to see who can take that spot, who can fill the crease. The last four games played, both goaltenders were in every one of the games. Uh, when you're looking for confidence in the crease, when you're looking for somebody who you feel, okay, I can see that this kid has passed from a little bit of lack of confidence to confidence, what do you see? What do you look for? Well, it's sort of a chicken and an egg thing if you think about it. Um, in order to get ice time in, in my position, in all positions, you have to play well. And in order to play well, you'll have to uh, uh, have confidence. So one feeds the other. Um, both, if everybody just keep in mind that both Will and Connor coming into this season, I think had a combined 40 games total in this, in, uh, playing games at this level. Uh, might even have been less. So when Jesper went down, 
um, let me let me attack this from another way. Both these two kids have come to practice with fantastic attitudes. They work hard. They listen. They have uh, worked on what needs to be worked on, where they're where they're lacking in their game. Um, their attitudes are good. They come to play, and they're dealing with a, a stressful situation well. Has it been good enough? Obviously, it hasn't. Um, are they wilting? No. Um, do they do they stand up and 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 try and count themselves in on a daily daily basis? Yes. So tonight is yet again another night. Uh, uh, Connor's in the net. Um, I expect him to be to be good and ready to play. Uh, it's tough when you get pulled, uh, uh, but again, that's a coach's decision, and we're hungry for points. And whatever Mike uh, chooses to do, whether it's a goalie or a defenseman or or a center, um, that's the decision. So the goalie coach has to abide by it, and so do the players. We have to figure out a way to make it work, right? Coach, you mentioned off the air one time with me that uh, you used the term tempered his steel. What does it mean? How do you express Mm. that in more generic terms? Well, uh, in life, but in this case, in this position, um, stress is something that you need to learn how to uh, uh, not just survive in but thrive in. So tempering steel is the process of heating and hammering and folding steel on top of each other, uh, on top of the pieces, and then doing it again and again and again in order to make the blade strong. And uh, the analogy works for for young people inside what they perceive as stressful situations. Is The more they do it and the more they realize that their perceptions of it are are most likely exaggerated and tempering steel is going through the process of of that. Paul, I want to know what a typical day is like working with your four goalies, Mike Mangurski, Martin Hutchinson, four different goalies, four different styles, four different personalities. (laughs) What is it like, what is a typical day like for you? Fun. I guess no, no day is uh, the same. <laughs> no, uh, uh, but uh, the schedule would be um, our team normally practices in Ladner. We're on at 10.30. Uh, the goalies are always on at 10 o'clock, a half hour early. That's the way it's been with anybody I've worked with for over 30 years. Um, the primary objective is to get them uh, physically warm, which would be the overt thing you would notice, but it's primarily to get the athlete in a good frame of mind to get ready to work. Um, I, I come in with uh, I come in with a plan daily based on what I'm seeing or what I'm trying to construct based on what I see their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, all four of them are, are, like I mentioned earlier about the first two, uh, Matt, the new kid, the, the 15-year-old, and then Jesper, the, the 19-year-old. Uh, they're all really good people. I'm really impressed with the modern day hockey kid. Um, Back in our day, Bill, when you coached and I played against you, there wasn't as much camaraderie, there wasn't as much uh, support between the the teenagers. Uh, All four of these goalies and all our team, and probably it's it's close right through the, the league, people support each other and they know each other and they care about each other and they help each other. It's not as cutthroat uh, as it used to be and uh, maybe that's a social media thing or a spring hockey thing or a combination of many things 
um, but uh, as far as all four of them go, they all get along and they're, they're fun to work with and it's, we need better results obviously on the ice, but it's been good. Speaking about results on the ice and starting tonight with Spokane and tomorrow night with Spokane at 4 o'clock, uh, we've had Michael Dick talk here, and we've, I've used the term, I love the term, insulating the goaltender. Um, what exactly are we talking about, and how important is it for, well, let's say a couple struggling goaltenders possibly to have the rest of that group insulate him? Hmm. Uh, well, I, I can't speak exactly what Michael is referring to. I'm going to assume it means trying to cut down, uh, blocking more shots, trying to uh, take uh, uh, lateral plays away, um, being aware of people who are around the net for rebounds, lifting sticks, just basically supporting the, the guy in the goal. Um, uh, I, I think that happens every game at all levels. But if you've got a, a couple guys who are are not feeling 100% uh, uh, like they could. It, I think the team would rally around them, and it's probably a rallying point too, if you think about it, where the, the guys wanna, you know, do well and get the get the thing started for the kid and see see the goalie do well. So, when the Giants last faced the Spokane Chiefs, Paul, it was on the 9th of March, and Matthew Hutchison got the start and it was uh, largely due to just injury and circumstance but a 15 year old gets to start a game in the whl it doesn't happen very often in fact only four have ever done it for the vancouver giants matthew hutchison is one of them uh what can you sort of share with us about this young man about how he's sort of immersed himself into the vancouver giants organization and sort of some of the early things that have impressed you about him Hmm. He's, uh, he's come in seamless, seamlessly. He's a very comfortable uh, 15, 16-year-old. Uh, he gets the hockey world. Uh, he puts the time in in the gym. He listens. He's, he asks questions. He works hard. Um, the, the, he's been accepted. You, can, you know how you can tell whether he's, someone is liked or not liked. He's liked. Um, he, he's had a good start here. And, um, yeah, I... I I like him as a as a player, and I like him as a as a guy. I think he's got a lot of upside. Can we talk about goaltending as a whole in the entire WHL? Some pretty impressive performances this year. Do you think it's the best it's ever been? Hmm. I mean, that's a big, broad statement, and it's you know very you know loaded with superlatives. But what have you seen from other goaltenders in this league? Well, uh, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to uh, uh, the teams outside the division obviously um, I could tell you this that I think that every three to four years hockey across the board whether it's at the highest level or down into uh, Adam and Pee Wee and Bantam including this league I think it exponentially has been getting better and better and better um, and far as my position goes it's been getting better there's more goalies who are smoother calmer look more professional, allow the puck to do the work. Uh, uh, and it's it, 10 years ago it wasn't like this. Five years ago it wasn't like this. Three years ago it wasn't like this. So, um, yeah, it's been growing. I've been impressed with it. I'm impressed with anybody who who does do, do things well. And to see 16, 17, mm -hmm. 18, 19-year-olds stand in the, in the net and play, and or not just the net, or... 
hit a golf ball or whatever, I, uh, I'm impressed by, by competitors and youthful focus. And Yeah, you're absolutely right. The best 17-year-olds in the world at whatever sport they do are just a special breed, 18-year-olds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Paul, you taught me something real quick. We'll let you go. I know you want to watch warm-up. You take special or put special importance on the warm-up. Tell us why. Well, I'm not going to reveal every, <laughs> everything that I'm looking for, um, but I can, I can tell you this, is that I think that one of the last areas of this sport that has not been mined for development is warm-up, hmm. uh, team, for the team-wise and for my position. I try and make warm-up matter, and I try and get the players who play the position care about warm-ups. And... I go so far as to challenge them to get shutouts and warm up. And when they hear that at first, they laugh mm. if they've never tried or have never met me. But I could tell you this, that uh, uh, one of, well, the record for one of my goalies at this level for shutouts in a, uh, in a uh, season is nine shutouts, and he played uh, 78 games. That would have been Calvin in Seattle. And uh, Dave and Trent a couple years ago combined had five in one year. And it's, I, I think that it's really the first period in a lot of ways to get ready to compete, ready to play. Well, Paul, because of you, everyone's going to leave this banquet hall during warm-up. Watch and warm-up, of course. They are going to watch uh, the, the, the shutout bid from the Giants goaltenders. Paul, we will leave it there, but, but trust me when I say this is just the tip of the iceberg and there's so many different places we could go with you, but we really do appreciate your time and commend you on the great work you've done with Giants goaltenders throughout your tenure here. Every conversation like this is a treat and it's a joy, my friend. Thanks for this and enjoy tonight's game. Okay, thank you guys. Really good stuff there from Paul Fricker, goaltending coach for the Vancouver Giants. Okay, so now it is time to bring you up to speed with what is going on in the standings with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, And unfortunately, I wish it was better news. But the fact that the Spokane Chiefs came into Langley to the LEC and took all four points from the Giants this weekend certainly is going to make the final two weeks of this regular season interesting. Let's start with the Giants. The Vancouver Giants have played 62 games six games remaining in their season, two weeks with which to play those games. The Giants can max out at 62 points. Right now, they remain sixth place in the Western Conference standings. Of their six remaining games, three are at home, three are on the road, three times they'll play Kelowna, one time they'll play Kamloops, one time against Seattle, and then once against Portland. That's the next one, Friday night at home. The good news, maybe, for the Vancouver Giants is that all four of those teams are sort of right now a little bit kind of in playoff purgatory, a little bit of playoff no-man's land as far as a gap between them and teams that they are trying to chase. 
Uh, the Portland Winterhawks right now, well, you know what? They are three points back of the Everett Silvertips trying to catch them for first place in the U.S. division and first place overall in the conference. Um, well, no, actually, Portland coming in, they're six back. My mistake, they're three back of Kamloops. That doesn't really matter, though, as Kamloops would get the number two spot as far as the playoff seeding is concerned as the BC Division leader. So a six-point gap between Portland and Everett. Uh, Kelowna is not catching Kamloops. Seattle is five back of Portland. Kelowna, six back of Seattle. So there's not necessarily a ton on the line for all of these teams that the Vancouver Giants are playing, which could mean they rest bodies, which could mean that the, the urgency factor hopefully favors the Vancouver Giants in those games. But Victoria, they also have 50 points. They are technically tied with the Giants for sixth. But the fact that the Giants have played two fewer games gives the Giants the edge in that race. Here's the thing, though. The Victoria Royals have four games left in their season. Two are against Spokane. One is against Prince George. And the Victoria Royals also go to Kamloops to play the Blazers this coming weekend. So in three of those games, one of Victoria, Spokane, or Prince George are going to get points. So that means, in essence, that the Giants can't rely on other teams around them to lose because it's just not going to happen. Someone around them is going to win. Spokane, with those three wins of theirs this past weekend, they are eighth right now, outright eighth in the conference with 49 points. They are just one point back of Vancouver and Victoria in the Western Conference playoff race. The Chiefs, they have four games left. They play Everett, they play Seattle, they play Victoria twice, and only one of those games for Spokane is at home. The Prince George Cougars, they got a single point last night at home against the Kamloops Blazers, but the single point costs them as they, with 48 points, are now on the outside looking in to the playoff race. 48 points for the Cougars, five games left for Prince George, and a Prince George team that is hosting the Kelowna Rockets tomorrow and the next day. They will play Victoria. They will play Kamloops. So the Cougars, they have a lot of a, they have a home-heavy schedule to end the season. And um, yeah, uh, th this, this playoff situation in the Western Conference is about as clear as mud right now for the Vancouver Giants, Victoria Royals, Spokane Chiefs, and Prince George Cougars. Uh, the magic number for Vancouver still remains, well, the, the magic number is now a little bit different in the sense that the Prince George Cougars, with five games left in their season, can max out at 58 points. The Vancouver Giants, essentially now, that magic number is at four and a half. If the Giants get to 59 points... They are, are in the clear. If the Giants can win 
two of their final six games and then get an extra point along the way. It won't matter what the Cougars do. It won't matter what the Chiefs do. The Vancouver Giants are in. So perhaps as early as this coming weekend, the Giants might be in playoff clinching territory, but with the Giants at home Friday night against the Portland Winterhawks, a team that the Giants are 3-0 and against so far, a potential playoff preview for the Vancouver Giants against Portland Friday night, 7.30 at the Langley Events Center. And that is where things get really interesting because then the Giants go on the road for a road doubleheader against the Kelowna Rockets on Saturday and Sunday next weekend. This is the good stuff. This is what it's all about. And as long as you win, you give yourself the opportunity to get to the postseason. That is going to do it for our show this evening. But one more time, I want to thank Paul Fricker. I want to thank Kyle McNabb of the UBC Thunderbirds. And I want to thank each and every one of you for making the WHL and the Vancouver Giants a part of your Monday evening. Uh, please join us Friday against the Portland Winterhawks at home when the Vancouver Giants continue their push to the playoffs. That game will be right here for you on Sportsnet 650. I'm Dan O'Connor. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later this week. This has been a presentation of White Spot Giants this week on the home of Vancouver Hockey and the home of the Giants, Sportsnet 650.